0: Hello friends, my name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars, Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. everyone, welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly, and today I am here with a fellow Leo soul sister. This is Haley Hoffman-Smith. A Leo sun, a Sag moon, a Sag rising, so much fire, but in those water houses, fire, in baby. those water houses, right? Oh,
1: really? Yes.
0: I really, I didn't know that. 8th and 12th, right? Yes, that's true.
1: I guess I didn't know that the houses, look, I'm learning things already one minute into
0: the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I clock us at 10 seconds into the fucking podcast. Yeah, so we're going to do One it.
1: minute. <laughs> Should have brought my notebook. For those
0: yeah. who are unfamiliar, and I don't know how you could possibly be unfamiliar with Haley's work, but for those who are somehow managed to be unfamiliar, Haley Hoffman-Smith is a motivational speaker, a subconscious breakthrough coach, and content creator specializing in helping big dreamers connect with their spirituality and manifest the lives of their dreams. She's a Brown University grad and the author of Her Big Idea, and was named by Forbes as one of today's most influential female speakers. She runs the online community Dream Away for spiritual big dreamers to connect and is the host of the popular podcast, Big Conversations with Haley Hoffman-Smith. Haley, I am so thrilled to connect with you. This is such a joy. I'm so glad that our orbits are crossing in this lifetime, my dear.
1: I agree. It feels very faded. We already feel very similar and I love your work. So I'm honored to be here.
0: So I would love to just begin with whatever you feel is the beginning. How does one become a motivational speaker and a subconscious breakthrough coach? And and what has that journey been for you? And yeah, let, let's get into it. Tell us about yourself.
1: So I think it's really important to start with who I was before I was who I am now, because I was not one of those children or high school students who was really motivated. I think people look at my bio now and they're like, whoa, she must've been bitten by that motivational bug at a young age. And I wasn't like that at all. And I really like to stress that part of my story because you can change your life at any time. You can rewrite the script at any time. And I really skated through middle school and high school with zero aspirations for myself. I don't even really know what I... It figured I'd end up being. I thought maybe I'd be like a high school counselor because I really liked working with younger girls. Maybe I thought I'd be like a photographer. And I ended up taking a meditation and energy work class the summer before my senior year of high school. And it was motivated by a big breakup, which perfectly coincided with, I believe it was my son conjuncted with Pluto. I don't think I said any of that right, but it was a complete death and destruction for a rebirth of my identity with this breakup. It's really interesting. I mean, as we know, astrology is not coincidental how the two led together. And I really had to figure out who I was again. So my mom had said, take this energy work and meditation class and maybe just learning spiritual tools will be able to help you. I always knew that I was a little bit intuitive and had a knack for this stuff. So I took that class. It was the first time I learned how to do things like ground my energy, call back my authentic energy in a big gold sun. And I think there was something about that, that brought me back into my body in a way that maybe I hadn't been for most of my upbringing, still not sure why. And when I started my senior year of high school, I had this very pivotal moment where a friend said to me after we'd both decided to go to the same college, oh, you know, it's really interesting because I didn't really try in high school and you kind of did, and yet we're going to the same college and it was just like a passing comment. And I guess like it was kind of true. I mean, I was a B student, but something shifted in me when she said that. And ever since then, I have been gung ho, super motivated to live the biggest, best life possible. It's almost like my destiny downloaded right in that moment. And I realized, oh my gosh, I really was made for more than what I'm you know, showing up as in my, in my current life. So from there spurred an unfolding process. I have no other way to say it. The path from that day, my senior year of high school, uh, plot twist, you changed a lot (laughs) since high school. I'm now 25 years old, but it was an unfolding process that I can only describe as unfolding into a new stratosphere with every new step, and ultimately was guiding me back to what I wanted to be as a child, which was a talk show host. And I'm not a talk show host yet, but I became a motivational speaker because I wrote a book my senior year of college based off the research that I did for my honors thesis at Brown on female self-agency and entrepreneurship and venture capital, which is a big mouthful, but essentially a women's empowerment in business. And I I truly believe that everything has been guiding me to the moment of my life that I'm starting now with now living in New York City. I moved February 2020, which not really good timing from a COVID <laughs> perspective, but has still worked out with me starting to create content on TikTok and Instagram and feeling like I'm realigning with everything that I was meant to be that I really lost track of since I was a kid.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I have so many follow-up questions, as always. Yes. I would say like the the follow-up question that really jumped in as you were describing your journey and your story for some reason. And also, I mean, at 25, you're not that far out of having graduated college. True. And I'm curious as to how being at a school like Brown, how you experience that? Because I would imagine that going to an Ivy League school where there's just a lot of overachievers and also a lot of maybe not even achievers, just a lot of nepotism and a lot of elitism and a lot of people there because they just feel entitled to be there. Like, Mm -hmm. How did you find that experience of being in a school that certainly on paper upon graduation is like, what an amazing accolade, but while you're actually there and interacting with your peers and in that community, did you find that to be something that was supportive of your vision or did you see that as something else?
1: So a small caveat: I had started my college career at CU Boulder. I didn't have the grades out of high school to get into an Ivy League school. Worked really hard at CU Boulder, loved my time there, and then I transferred to Brown. So I did my last two years at Brown. So only had two years there. However, I didn't know this when I applied, but Brown is a very self-directed, independent school. You have something called an independent curriculum where you come up with your own curriculum. So I came up with my own major. I knew I wanted to do gender studies, but it wasn't gender studies in the traditional sense. So I was able to come up with women in business and I found it to be very sportive. Uh, during my college career, I will say I wasn't fully into spirituality the way that I express it now, where all of my content is about manifesting the universe, but, I felt very supported in my ambitions around entrepreneurship. Specifically, I I had independent studies. So I got to come up with my own class curriculum, which was really cool, especially like that's the nature of entrepreneurship. And I made some of my dearest friends who are still my best friends to this day, I'd say that because I was only there for two years, I don't really know how much I saw nepotism or any of that unfold. I tend, I tended to keep to my small circle. I made one of my very best friends, her name's Rachel, right when I transferred in, cause she had transferred in from a community college in Florida and we kind of clung to each other and we're destined to be soul sisters in this lifetime. So it was my time in, in college was really about academia and what I was doing through that academia. And Brown definitely provided the right arena for me to express all of those different passions, especially through the Nelson Center for Entrepreneurship. So it was actually the perfect experience. And I will say too, Stanford had been my dream school and I didn't get in which was the most heartbreaking thing that ever happened to me at the time. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many reasons I needed to go to Brown. You know, so things happen for a reason, even when you're pedal to the metal and want a vision for your life.
0: Yeah. I, um, only applied, I, I applied early decision to the college that I went to and I'm very grateful that I was accepted, obviously. I mean, it would be a different story if I wasn't, but I never had to deal with rejection letters from college. And when I went to college, I felt the difference between me going to this college, feeling so aligned and feeling like I had, you know, I selected the school. This was the school that I really wanted to go to. I was accepted into it. And I didn't have to deal with any of like the ego pain of a rejection letter. And for my peers who it was their like last choice, I feel like that actually influenced our entire experiences. I mean, we yeah. I would say that we probably had very different college experiences based on whether or not we had wanted to be at that school.
1: That's really interesting. yeah, I
0: think so too, because for me, my college, you know, choosing the college that I went to and feeling very empowered by that, feeling like I was, you know, really separating myself from my the reality that was my life here in New York um, and doing something totally like soul-driven that no one from New York, I went to school in Minnesota, that no one from New York could understand what I was doing. And I was like, no, I just really love the school. I love how it's, you know, I love that it's this own little tiny village in rural Minnesota. And I'm just going to study for four years. And it was, it's in my book as sort of one of the that is an example of me feeling like, wow, like I can really direct my energy where I need to go. Now, granted that also is like a complicated story because I didn't know how to integrate at that time. So I was, I took all of like the good stuff and tried to leave the bad, which created Mm -hmm. a ton of fragmentation, which then in only in my like early mid twenties, did I start to kind of cobble back together. But it was just so interesting how one's point of view can obviously and does obviously influence their experience somewhere, which obviously then leads me to another follow up question, which is from one manifestation person to another, what does manifestation mean to you?
1: Okay, I love the question. What a big question. I don't know if I've ever distilled it down to one sentence, so this is gonna be hot off the press. Cool, love it. As, yes, ma- manifestation. I would say is the self-directed act of creation alongside the forces that may be in the universe magical as a little um, annotation there to realign with your destiny and create the life of your dreams. And I emphasize the part about destiny. I mean, I know you love that word little book coming out here soon (laughs) because I do think it's important for people to know that the vision that you want to manifest You want to manifest that for a reason. You're compelled by that for a reason. I think a lot of times people chalk up manifestation to, oh, that's just for like superficial desires. And for sure, you might just want like a car to have a car, that one apartment. But on a deeper level, I see manifestation as aligning with everything that is trying to work with you. So the people that have come into your life, um, opportunities that can come into your life, In order to get you to this almost a predetermined destination that I believe is like your soul contract, like what you decided you wanted to come to this life to experience. And that has different elements to it, right? Because you might want to manifest a trip to or you know, a college experience in Minnesota, in your case. For me, I love Lake Como. Uh, Or it could be something career-oriented, it could be finding your soulmate. And my friend Francesca, who's a psychic medium, always says, you know, to the location piece. Oftentimes we feel we need to go somewhere because there's energy that we need to leave there and energy that we need to pick up from there. And I see the same thing with certain opportunities, right? Because sometimes people think, well, if you want to manifest one job opportunity, what if that's just for now, but ultimately you have another vision for something Maybe you want to manifest something because deep down, you know, or in in your soul, you know, that's going to be the impetus that's going to get you to the next life phase. Like your destiny is always unfolding and maybe there's certain people you need to meet or something you need to learn about yourself in the unfolding process but to quote Abraham Hicks, it's supposed to get better and better and better. I realize that was far longer than the initial sentence that you asked me for, but <laughs> no, no,
0: because maybe manifestation isn't a sentence.
1: I agree. Yes. And there's different perspectives on it too, because I definitely think, you know, me being in the TikTok world of manifestation, a lot of it's like the three, six, nine method and scripting and, you know, manifest a text back. What's
0: the three, six, nine method method.
1: I don't even really know Elisa. I think you're supposed to write something three times and then six times, six, times or a nine times unclear, but there's a lot of buzzwords and buzz techniques around manifestation. A lot of which requires, it seems filling in a journal with saying something a statement wise, like he will text me back or something. And, you know, that's fine if that's what you want to manifest, but I see it being something so much deeper. I see work that I do when I'm creating content around manifestation and spirituality as helping people realign with what their soul wants to do in this lifetime, which is obviously similar to what you do as well through the astrological chart. Yes,
0: definitely. I mean, I think that manifestation is, I mean, to me, it's sort of the gen pop word Mm. for spell work. It is me as a witch doing my witch work and creating, moving the energy around as needed to create a life that has the truth you know to create a true experience for myself for to create a true experience for my clients for the people that I work with it really is all about sort of getting to the the bare bones of any situation and distilling it down to something that is not cluttered with fear and shame and anxiety, and the feeling of inadequacy. Mm -hmm. And also not that those things are bad because those things are real, just like desire and ambition and joy and pleasure and success are wonderful things to feel. Um, We need to feel the whole full spectrum in order to be able to really identify one feeling and and distinguish it from another. Um, So it's not like, you know, I, I always feel like there's this edge of manifestation that feels so like toxic positivity. Mm, yes. And for me, like the, the shadow work, which I suppose is kind of, even that as a statement feels like, when did we have to come up with this as a statement? For Cause for me, it's like, it's all right. part of the work, you know, like the good and the bad. And even with your chart, your eighth house son, I'm an eighth house son. You're a twelfth house moon. How psychic, how magical. But also how depressing. <laughs> yeah. you know, it could be it really can be. And it's not in like a horrible way. it's It's what makes you spiritual, you know? It's what makes you able to tap into those abilities is ultimately came from the feeling of a loss. It was the feeling of this breakup and the profound sadness that that accessed in you was able to also pull you into the spiritual magic that you continue to generate, you know? So I think that that's always what I, especially with the internet being as it is, with everything being so bite-sized, I, I feel like, man, you can't really bite-size it, you know? And I guess that's why I had to write a 300 page book Yes, because it's like, (laughs) you can't bite-size it.
1: No. And I love I love a few things about what you said the first of which this element of truth because I think for as much as people want to manifest from the ego and I'm guilty of it too you know there's things that I've wanted that have definitely been from the ego like to prove something the best manifestations of your life will feel like they have manifested from your truth like what you feel like you were brought to this earth to experience and honestly from your experiences how others will perceive you and how that influences the rest of the world, because we're also interconnected. Also the piece about how everything is really two things. Like it's from my deepest sadness and loss that I have been able to propel myself to my greatest happiness. And that's true of everyone. Right. And that's also how I see manifestation as not seeing yourself as a victim to anything that can happen to you. And believe you, let me work with the energies that may be it's happening for me, not to me and other Abraham Hicks reference in order to help me fulfill my greater destiny. You know, some there's purpose being weaved throughout all of this. A lot of times manifestation simply is a choice of how you want to how you want to look at something that's happened.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Another thing that I'm curious about is how you have built this community around the work that you're doing, because You have this dream away community and you have, and I know that you also are a coach, so you do one-on-one. So what does it look like to work with you either within your community or as a one-on-one private client and how would somebody who is interested in wanting to begin this process, like what would they expect and experience?
1: I am not a standard manifestation coach in the sense of like teaching the law of attraction and then going from there. I mean, there's definitely a lot of that. I love talking about energetic principles and experimenting with those things, especially in the programming that I offer in my community. But I call myself a subconscious breakthrough coach because I like to look a bit deeper. So I use neuro-linguistic programming when I'm talking with clients uh, just to look for little little hints of key words and phrases that they're bringing up in respects to conversations about their life, their perception of where they're going or the wounding that's occurred and lead them to the understanding of why what they want for their life has not yet come to pass. So there's this magic question that I like to ask when somebody is struggling to manifest or bring something into fruition um, that they really, really want. And that is what bad thing happens? if it manifests. It won't shit first, you know, someone usually says what what do you mean nothing? And I'm like, "Really? How does your family feel about you? How does your community feel about you? Do you think you can handle having that much money or that much exposure?" And then they're like, Oh, Ooh, you know, and other people too, sometimes you ask them a question like that, what bad thing happens. And immediately they're like, then I'm successful. I'm like, Whoa, okay. This is interesting. Why does that equate with being something bad? When is success bad? And then we start to trace it back and understand where they adopted these belief systems. So I see it as something that was modeled to them or that something that was told to them again and again, and the modeling piece can be different, right? You might see a parent who, for example, it's like you your dream is to start your own business, but you're having some holdups around actually getting the business started then I'd like to know what's your perception of entrepreneurship. We could go back and maybe you have a parent who was an entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be like an uncle or like a friend of the family, just somebody that you saw a lot in your younger life uh, when you were in that critical stage of developing your subconscious mind and building up neural pathways around your perception of the world. So maybe again, you had somebody who was an entrepreneur and they failed, or you saw them always teeter-tottering and never able to make enough money or to support themselves. Or maybe you had a parent who didn't ever pursue their dream of starting a business, but said over and over again, oh, you need to choose a stable route. There's nothing ever going to be better than a stable paycheck. Both of those can have the same effect, which is now all this resistance energy around actually starting a business. And people chalk it up to, I must just be lazy. I just procrastinate all the time. You know, I go to start it and the idea won't come to me. And that's your subconscious mind protecting you. So this is kind of the missing key for a lot of people, right? Because you can do the, whatever the 369 method is, or you can script, or you can do all these things, but unless you understand why your subconscious is not allowing it into your experience, which part of you feels afraid of it, what part of it doesn't feel safe for you to have, or for me, like I've always had a big worthiness wound that I've had to work through, like where you don't feel worthy of the manifestation. And then if you work backwards from there, then things can actually start to shift in an energetic way. And I primarily use EFT emotional freedom technique or tapping as a means of reprogramming the emotions and the initial emotional response that your subconscious does subconsciously. Like you might not know that you feel freaked out when you think about making X amount of money or pursuing X career, Uh, In order to make your subconscious feel safe so that these things can manifest more quickly into your life. And that's how I've manifested the the life that I'm living now that feels very aligned with me. And it's, it's been amazing to see how um, clients and community members who've used these tools either on their own or in one-on-one sessions with me have achieved what they've wanted.
0: Sorry. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I also, one of the things that I'm, I'm a big fan. I follow you across the board on all the platforms and something that I really appreciate that you do and that you share is that you also integrate your own experience into this, right? You also say, you know, I am working through this block or I am working through this subconscious limitation. How has the process you know, like how do you reconcile those two things simultaneously, like both coaching and then also still being in like learning and still being in flow with that journey?
1: Such a good question. And I'll say that for one, there's a lot of people out there who think, how do I have something to offer unless I'm in a place where I'm completely healed? And I think the sooner that we ditch the narrative that you like have to be completely healed in order to help, uh, the better, because I'm never going to be at a place where I'm completely healed. Right. I think, for me, it's been more about understanding the actual techniques from a neuroscience perspective that can get you to a place where it feels safer to manifest. And then also applying those on myself and using myself as almost like a case study for it, right? Like knowing how to do it and knowing that it works from, you know, the two years of experience I've had with working with my own EFT practitioner, doing this work on myself, the techniques that I've applied and the results that I've gotten, but also testing things out alongside my community members and my clients and saying, oh, you know, this is a new way of looking at this. Like, for example, this year has been about health for me a lot. So I started a challenge for the Away community, and it was more of like a public challenge called 77 Aligned. So it was like 75 hard, if you've heard of that challenge, which is like two workouts a day. It's really intense, like a gallon of water a day. Um, you got to listen to a podcast a day. And I said, start your own called 77 align. So it's 77 days instead of 75, just because of angel numbers, but you're choosing the habits that you want to start every single day from a place of alignment. So that doesn't mean you have to work out at all if you don't want to, but you're going to challenge yourself in some way. And that was like an experiment in shifting the energy of your life and moving into a higher vibration. So I like to do those things alongside my community, especially as I'm posting. And I've heard time and time again, how much that's helpful from the standpoint of like, oh, you're not just this expert who's manifested everything and you don't have your bad days. Like you have bad days too. And I try to be more transparent about that. However, you know, Sagittarius Moon, I'm very optimistic and very positive. And I like to have a humorous approach to most things, but doing it alongside them, I think has made it feel more so like I am in the community as opposed to a ringleader of the community. So I go into that much detail because if there's any listener who feels like, you know, I really want to share what's been on my heart with this healing process, or there's some sort of thing that I want to produce in the world, but I don't feel like I've reached my apex with it yet. That's okay because we're all figuring it out together.
0: Tell us about Fred.
1: (laughs) Okay. So Fred is, (laughs) so for backgrounds, I'll say that I have always done TikToks that are like little motivational messages or like teaching how to manifest, talking about subconscious breakthroughs. And there was one day that I was working with a client and we are joking about how, our angel guides must laugh hysterically the first time we ask for a sign. Like we have no idea if they heard us, you know, if we're saying like, oh, give me a sign of a feather if I'm supposed to move cities. So we were just joking about that. And I'm like, you know what, that would be a good skit. I've never made a skit on TikTok. But <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. So I, I kind of feel these things coming back into play. So I set up my ring light to film a TikTok and I heard in my head, just play. It was kind of like I, I'm more of um, like clear cognizant as opposed to like clairvoyant or clear audience. And so it was more of like this sense of I just need to play. And I came up with this little skit of this beginner learning to ask for a sign. And I thought, I was like, this is the stupidest video ever made, but it's like kind of funny to me. I posted it, whatever. And actually, you know, really blew up. So I'm like, Ooh, you know, this is kind of fun. I have all these other ideas along these lines, considering I ask for science all the time. I really believe in angel guides. And it's actually funny as I'm recording this episode, my Siri keeps popping up, which my Siri does all the time when, you know, I know this is accepted here, but when there's definitely a presence of something in the place, like I have not said I'm going to whisper it. So it doesn't come up, but it keeps popping, popping up. So I know my angel guides are always around sending angel numbers or sending guidance. And I just kept making videos. And there was one day that I just made the angel guide. Talked to somebody named Fred, who was imagining to be like the angel guides assistant, like the person who's in charge of sending the signs or keeping the files on the human and people loved it. And so now Fred is like the name of the angel guide, even though I act out the angel guide, but he's technically the angel guides assistant who like executes the sign orders. (laughs) I love it.
0: where did the name fred come from so
1: random i don't know it just came to my head and then somebody said that there's some show where the guardian angel's name is fred i forget the name oh really yeah i'm like i promise i didn't take it from anything i had no idea Uh and now we have tropical storm fred that's happening like today oh wow yeah it's very random it was supposed to just be like a joking little thing but it's become its own You know, now everyone's like, oh, my Fred sent me this. It's like my Fred instead of my angel guide, (laughs) which I like. It's like got to personify it.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, making things accessible and making things fun, obviously, is super, super important. Ana Luisa aims to bring clarity to the jewelry industry. They create beautiful rings, earrings, necklaces, and more while working in small batches and using recycled materials. Ana Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, is the first direct-to-consumer jewelry brand to become carbon neutral. That means for all the CO2 they produce during the creation of their jewelry, the running of their business, and the shipping of their orders, it has all been counterbalanced by the same amount of oxygen. Luxury does not need to create waste and excess. They are committed to crafting sustainable and ethical jewelry that is also trendy Elegant, and will provide joy to those who wear it. Plus, new jewelry collections are released every Friday, and their prices are fair. They have beautiful items starting at just thirty-nine dollars. So go treat yourself and your loved ones, and use my code Stars Like Us to get ten percent off. I absolutely recommend them. They are a great brand, making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. So go check out like starslikeus The code is stars like us for 10% off and be sure to hashtag Anna Luisa NY. Okay. So now 12th house moon, tell me about your relationship with ghosts. With ghosts.
1: When I was a kid, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd see figures standing over me and I would see things in the dark. And I, I was like, you know what? I had no idea what any of this meant. So I ended up going to some type of I don't know, I guess, spiritual advisor who taught me how to turn my aura to a brown before I went to sleep. So things would leave me alone. His sense was like, oh, you have a very bright aura and things are just attracted to you, which, you know, I have been fine ever since it's been fine. I did, um, I did use a Ouija board when I was in high school, which was really stupid. And that unlocked some strange things. (laughs) in my childhood home. Um, So we had to have someone come clear out some energies. But aside from that, it's been a mostly friendly relationship (laughs) with ghosts afterwards. um, When my grandfather passed in December, he has come through in some very, very strong ways. You know, speaking of Siri... Again, whispering, so it doesn't come up. It just came up. Okay, she just she just spoke up. There was one time I was recording a vlog and I was talking about something that was frustrating me with or like worrying me with um my upcoming search for my dream apartment. Um not to any spoiler alert, but obviously I live in that apartment now. And my grandfather had also been an entrepreneur, and I was basically talking about I don't know how I'm gonna prove my income being an entrepreneur. And My computer was up next to where I was filming on my, on my camera. And I looked over and it said up in the little Siri chat box, don't worry, I've got it all planned out. That's all it said. The next week I was working on emails uh, that I was sending out for my mastermind and I go to to type in like the date in the subject line of an upcoming email. And when I touched the subject line, when I clicked on it, it populated with the text, you are not alone. The next week, and I have the videos of this on my Instagram story under the highlight called "Granddad," so you guys can see it. is so chilling. So, yes, the ghost story has turned out to be a happy one because I do feel very connected to him.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I, I mean, the eighth house and twelfth house areas, like you always know that there is some connection to the other side yes. in those spaces, um, and. I So is your family very spiritual? Because your mom was the one who advised you to go and do this workshop. And then it sounds like you were able to get resources from your family to like w- help cleanse your home. So is there also like that through line with your family?
1: Yes, my mom is really spiritual. So that's something we definitely share and something that she's encouraged in me.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So how does she... Does she also practice the same sort of work that you do?
1: I would say I'm much more into the manifestation piece. I mean, she believes in everything that I do. She's very supportive of it, Uh, but she is a periodontist. So both my parents have like a scientific background, but she's always, you know, seen things from a spiritual perspective. And we've talked about these things. We've listened to like workshops together. So it's been something fun that we've shared. She is also a Sagittarius rising. So we're always looking for uh, exploring new frontiers in terms of, spirituality is the way it shows up for us. So she's been a huge, um, I guess, compass in my life for this.
0: I love that. I love the Sag family signature. Oh yes.
1: My dad has Sagittarius rising as well. Really? Yes. And we all have our Jupiter and Capricorn.
0: Interesting. So you all had Mm -hmm. your Jupiter return last year.
1: We did. Yes. And that was the year I moved to New York city.
0: Wow. So that was a big, big, did you move from home to New York city?
1: I moved from Denver. Yes. So that was where I'd grown up. Um, I wasn't living with my parents anymore, but it was like a huge transition because it's my first time really fleeing the hometown <laughs> other than to college.
0: So what are your favorite things about New York?
1: I love the energy of New York. The buzz here is undeniable. I was just thinking this morning, I was going for my little coffee walk and thinking, you know, there's something better than a Monday morning in Manhattan it's also the people that you meet. I have the greatest friends here. And then I'm always meeting new people on social media, you know, you included who are based here. And so it's so great to go be among people who share the beliefs that I have, who are doing the work that I have. And honestly, the energy of big dreamers dream chasing. Yeah. It's very vitalizing. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. Siri keeps popping up, and I don't know why. I'm sorry if heard it in the background, I'm not even saying anything like well, it. <laughs> I have
0: been having the past. Yesterday, I was getting some. I am not a medium by any means, um, at all. Actually, uh, it's it's one of the, these very interesting, sort of like adjacent things. Like if somebody asked me in a session if I could communicate with someone, I'm like, if they want to tell me something, I'll tell you what I think, but I don't have yes. a direct line. So yesterday I was in yoga and the light above my, where my mat was started flickering. And I was like, looked at all of the other lights and it was actually the only light that was on. And it was the only light that was flickering and it was doing it in such a way where I could tell that it was supposed to be off. So it was actually flickering on (laughs) as opposed to flickering off because all the other lights were off. And then later that night I went and I saw my fiance at a show he was playing and I'm looking out at the room. And again, all these lights are off except for one that wow. is flickering. And it was like a row of lights and they were all, clearly the whole row was off, but one that was like very, very, um, it was just like undulating and, and it was like f- flashing. And I was trying to ask, Like, who is this? You know, like, can I get some information about like what I am being informed about right now and who is informing me? And I got nothing. And it's very sad because I don't know how to find out who was trying to communicate with me. But I do not think that it was my own subconscious. And I do know how to identify my subconscious communicating with me as opposed to someone on the other Mm. side communicating with me. And this was very clearly not me.
1: Yeah, it does sound like someone on the other side. It's also interesting that it was something that was being turned on because it takes an incredible amount of power from an electricity standpoint for something to be turned on. Um, So it has to be another energy. I'll say that for me, I hear ringing in my ears a lot. And I've always heard you're supposed to literally be like, hello. like (laughs) It's like someone's calling you and I never hear anything either. So I would just sit with it for a little bit and trust that the knowing might come to you. I mean, depending on how your intuition shows up for you, it shows up for everyone differently. Maybe if you do a little extra time meditating these next few weeks or if it's something where you're a little left, you're a little more dialed back from a conscious mind perspective. So you're in the shower, or you're driving, you're doing something else. You might just suddenly get an urge to do something, but any, I would say overall your connection is very much there. And sometimes they're not even trying to say anything. Sometimes they are just trying to say like, Hey, you're supported. You know, your book is about to come out. So maybe it's just like a sign of like, you know you have a whole spirit team behind you ensuring the success of this book and making sure it gets into the hands of the right souls. That's
0: a very, very sweet interpretation. That I really appreciate that. Yeah, I was trying to, I was wondering, you know, is somebody crossing over right now who needs my support? Um is this someone firmly on the other side? Because I can communicate with people when they are in a transitional state. That is something I have mm. done. Where someone is dying, I can basically tell whether they're alive or not, you know, I can connect with them on that threshold level because if I hear them on the other side, then I know that they have are no longer on this plane, but I have, that's uh, a transition, you know, that is like a nebulous mediary moment, but it's not someone who is fully on the other side. This to me fully felt like someone on the other side. And that was what I was like, is it my grandmother? Is she transitioning right now? But I don't think she did. I don't think she died last night. I think I would have heard by now if she did. And, yeah. but I don't know. Cause it was, didn't feel like a transition. It really felt like it was more from someone out there.
1: Yeah. That also doesn't feel like it's from a baby ghost for lack of a better terminology. Like it feels like that is from somebody who's more experienced with manipulating energy to communicate as well. So I would take it as a positive omen.
0: You would, you're so cute. I mean, I see, I don't, I see neither as I see things as like very much neither good nor bad. You know, I see things mostly mm. as are, and right. then, you know, if I were to wonder, well, what is the message? That message I'm going to assume is something that I want to receive and not something I wouldn't want to receive, you know, cause I make okay. it very intentional that I don't want to receive a message that is, Disgusting, you know. I don't want right. to receive a. Right, right, I don't right, want right. to receive a message that is scary. I don't want to receive a message that freaks me out. That makes me anxious. I'm not open to those. I don't want them. <laughs> I don't care about them. Right. I have enough anxiety in this plane.
1: I get the sense, and you know, take this as you will. I am intuitive. that you're. You're simply waking up to your power. And I know that you know that you're powerful, but when. Things start to happen like that that just feel a little more. I guess for me, the big moment was like when my grandfather started to come through via my email, and there was just that moment of like, okay, there's no, there's no logical explanation for this. It was a sense of you are powerfully connected to everything that is. You are a creator, and you are supported. So, I have good vibes from the story. That good, good. Well, <laughs> yes, I'm happy and to I hear do hear that. I do think it's connected to your book and any. I I know, I know what it's like to publish a book and to feel very like, oh, how's it going to go? So yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So two questions for you. I'm going to combine them, but you could separate them or you can answer them collectively because they are related. So question number one is what do you believe in? And question number two is how does magic show up in your life? I feel like for you, those are very interconnected. So I want to present them both so that it's not like, (laughs) like the same answer over and over. Yeah.
1: True. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I'll lead into that question by saying that what I believe in is magic and explain what I mean by that, which is there is a perfection to everything that might not be obvious at the time. Uh, that is something that reveals itself over time, given your patience and given your faith. But you being a magical creator, all of us being magical creators, have hands and how things unfold, but we're working alongside our destiny. You know, you don't have to choose destiny versus free will. Ultimately, if you're in alignment. Your free will is to fulfill your destiny. You came here with the blueprints for this life experience that you want to have. And your destiny is the highest timeline, so to speak, of the expression of everything that you want to do, have, experience, and be. And there's a lot of magic in that because the things will just happen at the right time. You know, you'll meet people at the right time. uh, The right opportunities will pop up at the right time. But when I was in my spiritual awakening, my uh, senior year of high school, I was at Beacon Hill with my mom in Boston, one of the most magical areas I've ever been. And I remember I saw this canvas in the store window and it said, when you realize how perfect everything is, you will throw your head back and laugh at the sky. And I get chills just saying that again, every time I remember that canvas, because it's true. There's perfection weaved into everything. Of course, it's how you view it because we all have a choice with how we view things, but how you view things is how they are. And I I choose that my truth of how I'm perceiving and living this life experience, what I hope to pass on to other people is the perfection that's weaved through everything. And the fact that it's happening for you, not to you.
0: So now I would love to pull a tarot card for you if you are of interest. So the way that my deck works best is with specific questions. Not, if we just want to see what the tarot says, it's going to give us a stupid answer. I mean, not a stupid answer, but it's going to give us like a very general, (laughs) like, like this isn't particular. This is like a very jumbled response. So if you have a specific question that we could ask the deck, I would love to pull a card or a few if the situation calls for it.
1: Okay. How fun. Okay. I think in correspondence with how I just answered your last question, maybe my question could be, is there anything I need to know or course correct in order to be in stronger alignment with my destiny?
0: Cool. Um, so let's choose a pile, pile one, two, or three, one, the biggest of all piles, (laughs) So the question is, is there anything that you would need to and is it specifically change?
1: Yeah, I guess either am I on, am I still in alignment or do I need to course correct?
0: You're definitely still in alignment. But is if you need to like what would you need to change, if anything, but sure. but we're gonna pull a card, so it has to be an answer. So maybe on the question of What would it mean for you to continue to be in alignment? How does that sound?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Cool. Because it might say you need to change or it might say you don't.
1: Right, right, right. Yes. Okay. I like this.
0: So what does it mean for you to continue to stay in alignment? Yes. King of swords. So Mm. this is a very interesting fellow. This is a very serious fellow maybe this is Fred. No, I don't think so. Fred is very playful. (laughs) Fred gives me like, Fred gives me like very Gemini energy. This is an air sign, but this is more of an Aquarius energy. Um, this is no, this is a very serious, hardworking sort of stern vibe. So perhaps that means that it's time to become sort of more, get more. It's interesting because I know that today you're Hmm. focusing on play, right? Yeah. So this is a, it. I mean, this deck clearly has a sense of humor where it's like, no play, like we're yeah, good. It's no serious. <laughs> it's serious stuff.
1: Work hard, play
0: none. <laughs> work hard, play none. Yeah. No, no joy for you. But I mean, this guy is, is, this could be someone, you know, this could be someone in your life. This could be someone who needs to be in your life, or this could be you embodying a different part of yourself. But this is definitely mm. the spirit of an individual as opposed to a concept, if that makes sense.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think we need to do a clarifying card to see if this is a suggestion of change or if this is a suggestion of consistency. Right. right. Do we want to change the King of Swords energy or do we want to maintain the King of Swords energy? That's what I think we want to know. Yes.
1: I like the idea of the clarifying because I also like to look at the imagery on cards and with the King of Sword and this, you know, sword straight up. Sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm right here. I'm following the straight line. So there's multiple interpretations. Oh, for sure.
0: I, I have a, an answer on this. I just, oh, okay. This is a romantic person.
1: Oh
0: yeah. This is a, okay. a romantic partner. This is a serious romantic partner. This is someone who is like a grounding and anchoring person for you who is, um, coming into your life as sort of like a with a sort of like serious energy that helps then you create more systems around the work that you're doing. You know what I mean?
1: Mm, Yes. Do you think it's an air sign because of the card? It could be,
0: or someone who embodies that kind of air sign, but like specifically more Aquarius type of energy. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Well, I'll keep it posted. Yes. But let's still do a clarifying card um, okay. to see if that, if I'm on track with that, if there's any more information that we can get. Yeah. So it's another sword. It's the four okay. of swords, which is rest. So the combination of the very serious king of swords and then the four of swords, which is you are working so hard. Um, rest is really important is, I mean, I wonder how, if you have made room for dating. In all of the stuff that you're doing. I have
1: not. (laughs) I have not at all. I'm being called out with these cards.
0: (laughs) Okay. I see it. I see it. Yeah. You got a date. You got a date. And it's really important for you to show up as the version that you are, that you are, you know, you are so aligned in and to Mm -hmm. hold your own when these disgusting New York men try to throw you off balance. Sorry. It's true. You don't have to meet the love of your life right now. But I think that what's gonna be important is that you you learn how to maintain your sense of self, your sense of confidence, your practice, your agency when you're dealing with these motherfuckers out there being like, <laughs> oh, tell me about manifesting, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like this is that's gonna be an ultimate test because that's also where it started. You know, that's the mm. origin story is that you. We're heartbroken. Yes. So now to repair that heart is also for you to come back into the dating space and be like, sorry, bitch, I manifested my whole life. If you don't think manifestation is real, then don't come over and have sex with me after the date. Because yeah. then you would be in my yeah. fucking gorgeous apartment. And if you don't think it's real, then bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. Then that took an unexpected turn
0: these cards do not lie.
1: They never do. They assault you (laughs) in broad daylight. Let's see.
0: Let's see one more. Yes, bitch. Queen of pentacles. It's you. We love to see it. You are so set. We have, so we have the whole kingdom over here represented.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. So
0: you're queen of pentacles. You're so good. I'm so excited for you to get out there and not take any bullshit from any of these King of Swords motherfuckers and be like, yeah, I'm Queen of Pentacles. Like I'm ready to roll and I am strong and I am self-assured and I'm beautiful and I'm confident. And like finding someone or finding people who support you in that I think is gonna help like weave all of this together.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So that's
0: I guess the course correct.
1: Okay. Yes. Very interesting sometimes you know you never see the course corrects coming that's why you haven't course corrected (laughs) (laughs) i was blind
0: (laughs) (laughs) well there it is it's the king of swords and the whole royal family i love it and here's the emperor when i just was about to put it away so yeah we have a lot of people on thrones a lot of people on thrones right now
1: i like this yeah well that was really fun thanks lisa of
0: course um okay so where can our listeners continue to connect with you and follow your work and follow your journey and also follow your sex in the city pursuits when New York gets a lot (laughs) sexier.
1: Ooh, my Instagram and TikTok are Healy Hoffman Smith. Then you can also join me in the Dreamway community, link in my bio on Instagram and TikTok. So we have a lot of programming and workshops uh, for anybody who's a spiritual big dreamer. It's really exciting. We do a Sunday night oracle reading every single week to read the energy of the week ahead. We do a monthly money date. So it's some form of abundance-based programming and then a 90-minute workshop, depending on which tier you're in. And then I also have a YouTube where I do spiritual vlogs. And that's more of like my personal life for sure. And my podcast is Big Conversations on iTunes and Spotify.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Haley. Thanks, Elisa. So fun.